Thank you for joining us on Community Focus, where we look at the issues that matter in South Florida and the people and organizations that are making a difference. Monday was America Recycles Day, when all of us are asked to practice recycling, both to save money and resources. And of course, this is something we're really supposed to do all year round, every day, and particularly during the holiday season when we generate a lot more waste than usual between the feasts and the gift-giving, decorations, and more. So we are going to get some guidelines on best practices for recycling. I am happy to welcome back to the program the one person I know who makes garbage and recycling both fun and interesting, Jean Marie Massa, Recycling Manager for the Miami-Dade County Solid Waste Department. Good morning. Good morning, Ellen. Nice to talk to you today. As always, you I love your energy. You are always upbeat. And as I say all the time, you're the only person I know who can really make garbage sound like fun. But it is. Well, and people will believe me by the time we finish this conversation. You know, for some people, recycling has become second nature. They just do it as part of their daily routine. For others, still something that they're striving to do and some maybe not even trying at all. From your viewpoint, what is the biggest problem with recycling today? It has to be for our curbside recycling program and throughout the nation, uh, putting the wrong materials in your recycling cart. And some of it is because people are genuinely not sure and they're thinking, oh, I'll err on the side of putting it in. And then some people, I think they kind of don't get the idea at all. I don't know. I don't want to say they don't care, but I have to, I hate to say this, especially at the beginning of the program, but when in doubt, throw it out. The wrong stuff has just really become a problem. So what are the wrong items that you're finding in recycling? What should people not put in the blue recycling carts? Okay, well, I'm going to start with the worst. The absolute worst thing would be plastic bags. Do not ever put any kind of plastic bag in your recycling cart. And especially don't put a plastic bag with good recyclable materials inside in your recycling cart. It does not get recycled. The bags themselves actually disable the equipment at the recycling facility where they separate and sort everything. They actually have to shut down the plant every few hours and dig the bags out. And it's a manual pro. I mean, people have to get inside and dig the bags out because the materials go across a conveyor belt. And people think of that as like a rubber flat conveyor, but it's not. It's really something called a star screen, and it's because it's made up of these rotating pieces of metal that look like stars. And (laughs) um, in the perfect world, the recyclables kind of bump along on these stars, and broken bits of glass and bottle caps and little pieces of items fall through that aren't going to be able to be recycled. But... When a plastic bag gets on that conveyor area, it just snags one of those stars and just wraps around. And that's what causes the problem. So plastic bags are kind of bad for everything. I mean, that's where we find animals get stuck in them. Yeah. And if you really want to recycle them, most of the grocery stores now have bins where you can put your plastic bags and they can then recycle them their own way. That's exactly right. And they do get recycled that way. There's companies that make plastic lumber, and a lot of it is made out of that low-density polyethylene, those bags. So, um, you know, it's like nothing's horrible. You just have to do it the right way. 
But yeah, don't put those in the recycling cart. That's like the number one bad thing. And then, of course, there's people that I have pictures. You would not believe. I have pictures of carts with like tree limbs sticking out and like a metal chair. So we got to stick to the basics, you know, cans, bottles, paper, cardboard, cartons. That's it. That sounds like a rhyme as a good way to remember it. Cans, bottles, paper, cardboard, cartons. But now there are different kinds of cans and bottles and paper and cardboard and cartons. Well, cardboard and cartons are pretty much okay. What about, you know, we all have things delivered more now than ever. What about the tape that holds the cartons together when it's being shipped? Yes, that's a good question. Actually, the tape And the packing labels, those are not an issue. You know, like, don't rip the tape off and then put it inside the box or something like that. (laughs) But, yeah, I know. (laughs) Um, And the um, packing bubbles and all that kind of stuff, no, 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 no. That doesn't get recycled. But if you get, you know, your, um, well, oh, my gosh, there's been so much more cardboard. I'm sure you can imagine. But just flatten the box, put it in your recycling cart, and... If you have so much that it's like sticking up out of the cart, that's a problem because when they lift the cart, it doesn't go in the truck. I mean, it usually ends up falling on the ground. So Uh. you really, I'm sorry that we have to make you work a little bit for this, but you need to flatten your boxes, tear them, do something so they can fit inside your cart with the lid closed. Okay. And what if you have a box and it's not so big and it fits inside the cart before you flattened it. Ah, yeah, that's good. Because depending on how big it is. So let's say you put your nice clean uh, soup cans and soda cans and they're on the bottom of the cart and you even have your plastic water bottle or soda bottle and that's there. And then you put this box and you shove it in because you want to make the lid close. So you cram it in really good. You know, you stand up there and you get it in and then you close the car. So now the truck comes by and the automated arm comes out and the little, you know, claw hand opens and closes around the cart. And of course, it kind of squishes it in just ever so slightly to get a good grip, picks it up, drops it in the top of the truck and puts it back down. So then you come out and you go, my box is still there and there's that stuff underneath it because it didn't allow the box to flow out because it grabbed it and it got was too snug. So that's why we ask that you tear up your cardboard or, or flatten it, you know, do something so that it doesn't get stuck in there. And then, you know, don't let anything underneath it fall out either. Right. Or fall into the box, making it even more complicated. Oh, yes. Right. What about cans and bottles? What are the correct things to recycle? You know, if it's a food or beverage container, a can or a bottle, it's okay for recycling. We want it to be empty. And I don't want anybody to, you know, waste any water washing out their cans and bottles. But, you know, make sure it's empty. And and if you had beans in that can or some kind of, you know, good sticky stuff, 
you may want to just put a drop or two, just wish it around so that number one, you're not going to track bugs in your recycling because, yeah. you know, it's every other week and uh, just clean it out that way. Um, I know I talked to a lady once and she said, well, you know, I pour a little water in the can and I swish it around. Then I water my plants with it because they like the extra nutrients. <laughs> It's brilliant. I talked to her plants, but um, she seemed everything seemed happy at her house. Yeah, it sounds like a good plan to me. And then, do we still need to be paying attention to the little triangle with the one or the two or the three? Right. Oh, so glad you said that. No, no, don't even look for a triangle or look or look at the number because it just really our program. It's like. It, that doesn't matter. So if it's a bottle or a can and it had like a screw top for the bottle, that's definitely, that's definitely A-OK. So I, I don't know how better to explain what a bottle is, but it, it has, <laughs> usually it has a screw top of some kind and then it would be fine for recycling. Do the screw tops go in along with the bottle? Oh, great. Don't take them off and toss them in because that's going to be something that's going to fall through the cracks when it gets to the plant. So if you want, what I tell people, you know, take your bottle, empty it out, especially the water bottles, give it a little squish, you know, to like maybe flatten it a little bit and then put the cap back on and put it in. But, and I know this is so much easier now because I can't imagine the teeniest bit of plastic they're using as little as possible to make it still sturdy enough. Yeah. So don't make it into a hockey puck. Even though you are strong enough to do it, turn away from that. Don't do it. (laughs) And just give it a squish in the middle, you know, flatten it lengthwise and put the cap back on. Once you've collected all of our garbage that can be recycled, where does it go? Oh, this is so cool. It goes to a place called a Materials Recovery Facility, MRF. And a lot of times, you know, I'll I'll get going and I'll be talking and I'll say, oh, and it goes to the MRF. And, you know, people are going, what is she talking about? It's a facility where the materials are sorted so that the uh, cans end up with the cans and the bottles with the bottles and the, the steel cans with the steel cans, the aluminum cans with the aluminum cans. And the paper sorted, and it's both mechanical and people do the sorting because there's all kinds of really cool things. I mean, you would figure a magnet could pull out uh, a steel can. You know, a can of beans, perfect. The magnet can do it. But the soda cans are all aluminum. Well, they have something called an eddy current separator, and it is so neat. Instead of, like, making the can want to come to it like a magnet, you know, uh, pulling it in, the can goes by, and it is repelled. Oh, my so gosh. It- Ping goes right off into into a container that's waiting below when it goes by the eddy current <laughs> So I know it is so neat. I mean, I, sometimes I get an opportunity to talk to kids. I haven't been in schools in a long time. I did do a couple of zooms, but there's all kinds of science, you know, involved in this and engineering, and it's a great. Oh my gosh, recycling is so wonderful. <laughs> you know, you mentioned engineering. I was going to ask, did you have to study engineering to? understand all of this? Oh, my goodness, no. No, Okay. (laughs) Okay. Because you throw off, you know, things like eddy, current, blah, blah, blah. Separator. And a separator, and it sounds like you actually know engineering. (laughs) Yes. Isn't that amazing? Yes. I learned that specifically for that reason. (laughs) Okay. 
Now, I also just call it the pingy thing that pings against the aluminum and shoots it into another container. Okay, so when people recycle the wrong things, basically they get rejected or they muck up the equipment and yeah. it creates a problem. Why do people recycle the wrong items? You know, I it's kind of like what I said at the beginning. There are people who... They want to help the environment so badly. They really do think they're doing good. And, and they look at something and they say, oh, I wish this could be recycling. In fact, we have a name for that, too. It's called wish cycling. Oh, funny. And um, that really comes into play, especially with textiles. And you wouldn't believe people will carefully fold up blankets and towels and even sometimes clothing and put it in the cart thinking it's going to get recycled because it's going to the recycling plant. And, oh, my gosh, that so does not get recycled because you figure, okay, so here's this nice, clean towel, and it's in a blue cart with uh, soda bottles that, you know, have, okay, so they didn't empty it all the way, have a little bit of soda on the bottom, and there's some dirty water in one of the cans where someone tried to get out the rest of the stuff, you know. Anyway, there's liquid in there. So all this stuff goes into a truck, and the truck compacts the materials because we want to get as much material in the truck as we can. So what absorbs this moisture, all this liquidy stuff, are these clean textiles. Mm. And when the truck dumps at a MRF, it goes on to what is called a tipping floor, which is just a great big floor where a front loader picks up the stuff to get it on the conveyor belt so we can do further sorting. But this stuff is disgusting oh my gosh it's all gray and icky and has whatever was in there so nobody can use that 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 becomes garbage and i feel bad because i know the person was thinking someone could use this nice fresh towel or these clothes that are gently used you know so they need to go to the right place and the blue card is not the right place no, you take you it know. to a, a place that accepts charity donations. Blankets and towels can be used if they're not in good enough condition for people, many of whom need those things. They're certainly good enough for the Humane Society. Yes. Yeah, they, they right. always need towels to clean up with the animals and blankets to make little cozy beds for them. And, you know, if they're in good enough condition, there are homeless people who need blankets or people right. who aren't homeless who still need right. those things. So there are many, many charity organizations, and that would be the better place to give the textiles to. Exactly. Not in the blue cart. So what sure. can you do with other things that can't be recycled in Miami-Dade's program? I'm thinking, you know, if something is gently used again, it, it needs to be donated. It doesn't get recycled if it's in the cart. For some reason, people are enamored with organics, you know, with tree limbs. And of course, <laughs> jingle bells, jing you know, Christmas is coming and there's going to be a whole bunch of trees after that. And none of those go into your recycling cart. Um, it's just we don't handle that. You can, you know, if you live in Miami-Dade County, you can bring your trees to the neighborhood trash and recycling center if you're in our service area. And there's lots of other things to do, but nothing like that goes in the recycling cart. It's really limited to bottles, cans, paper, cardboard, and cartons. And by cartons, we mean like the milk and juice cartons. Because you know what? Those are actually made out of pretty high-grade paper with like a plastic sleeve around them. And in the recycling process, that plastic 
comes off. The, the whole thing goes into something called a hydropulper, which is like a great big blender with water and a, a liquid material. That's how the paper is recycled. So when those cartons go in there, the plastic kind of comes off and they just scrape that off. And that high grade paper is used to make new paper. Okay, awesome. Now, you mentioned the holidays and we are just a few days away from Thanksgiving now. Shopping will be intense for the next month. And, you know, there's a lot of garbage that comes from holiday meals, from decorations and from gift giving. And as you're talking about paper, I'm thinking about wrapping paper. Yeah. You know, wrapping paper is okay for recycling as long as it's just paper. I know that there's all kinds of really gorgeous paper that has glitter on it or whatever. That, go ahead and put that in the garbage. Let it become electricity at our waste to energy plant. But regular paper is fine to put in. No ribbon, sorry, ribbons and bows are not acceptable for recycling. It, it just, they're, it's not paper. And do you have <laughs> so, to take the scotch tape off? You know, not really. And unless, like I said, I, we all know people who are really intense about wrapping their packages and there's almost as much tape as paper on it. So in that case, I'm going to default to the garbage when in doubt, throw it out. But just, you know, when you wrap a package and there's a little tape on either end, that's perfectly okay. Okay. Now, what about things like, I know you in the water management, they're always pushing the can the grease. Oh, Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. Not only to remind everyone, don't throw anything down your drain like that. Put the grease in a can and then put it in the garbage because that's not recyclable anymore. But it is going for the greater good. Um, actually, that'll go to the waste energy plant, too. And they pull the metals out at the end. So okay, because I imagine that the grease will really muck up the equipment that is working. It's not going to help it work better. <laughs> no, right, exactly. It's not like, yes, right, you've got it perfectly. No, no good. And it'll make a mess out of everything else, including paper, because, you know, paper is kind of fragile in the recycling world. Wet paper, depending on how damp, might be able to be recycled, depending on how, you know, how badly people are trying to purchase paper. But Paper with grease, no good. Paper that, you know, was at the bottom of the parakeet cage, no good. No, no, no. Go ahead and put that, put that in the garbage. Let it become electricity. Okay. I, I, you just made me think about the recycling attention they must have to pay at Zoo Miami with oh, all of I their... Oh, I even think. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but for those of us who are just average residents and we don't have, you know, wild animals that we're dealing with and their leftovers, what is the best way that we can get more information? Or let's say we end up every week with too much recycling. Can we get an oh. extra bin? Yes, yes. And if you're ending up with too much recycling, first, make sure you're putting the right materials in your cart. Second, make sure you're flattening your bottles. And then if you still need a cart, I only say that because, you know, all the supply chain stuff you keep hearing about? Yes. Well, our new recycling carts are kind of in that situation. So we do not have a huge inventory of recycling carts. So we are doing our best to meet, you know, all demands, but we're waiting on carts to come in. So that's why I would say do the best you can to flatten and put only the right things in your recycling cart. And if you've cleaned things, you can hold on to them until the next recycling cycle and then put them in the bin. 
Right, right. And we were talking about the grease in the cans. So Miami Dade Water and Sewer says can the grease and then put that can in your garbage. Okay. <laughs> go to waste to energy. And um, other things like, you know, we're talking about aluminum cans. Yay, great. Aluminum pans. Boo, no. <laughs> so those are not acceptable for recycling, especially after you cook the turkey in them. But it's not the same kind of aluminum as a can. Uh, okay, okay, got it. So you're talking about the disposable aluminum pans with the ridges, right. the ones that you buy at the grocery store for a single use, those go in the garbage. Exactly, exactly, okay. yes. All right. Yes. Now, you've got a whole website dedicated to this, a whole page at the Miami-Dade County government website. What's the address to get this information or to sign up or request any information? It's Miami-Dade, www.miamidade.gov slash recycling. And residents can also call 311, the county's answer center, if they have questions, that kind of thing. And we actually have an app for Android and phone. It is pretty cool. So you can always get that on your phone as well. Okay. The Miami-Dade County Solid Waste app. Get those features or just go to miamiday.gov slash recycling. You can read all of these details that we just told you. And the main thing is to join the energy saving, the money saving benefits of recycling as long as you're recycling the correct items. Yes. Okay. Amen. Thank all you. All right. <laughs> I, this, every time we talk, it's like you make it so interesting and fun. Thank you. Thank you for that. Because it's really an important thing for us and our planet that we try every day to do the right thing and reuse the items that we can to save energy and money both. So again, it's miamidade.gov recycling. Jean Marie Massa, recycling manager for the Miami-Dade Solid Waste <laughs> Department. Happy holidays to you and thank you for giving us all this information. Oh, you're so welcome and happy holidays to you too and thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Always a pleasure and we'll have you back again. Okay, thanks. Joining us now on Community Focus from Embrace Girls Foundation, Velma Lawrence. Velma, you have really good news for us, don't you? I do, Ellen. I am proud to announce that for the third time in five months, we've sold out our intimate evenings with fundraiser. And so the December 5th holiday show featuring the Manhattans and Regina Bell has been sold out. <laughs> I love so it. We're really excited about that, very. So now the question is, how can people continue to support what you're doing? And maybe can you give us an explanation of what you are doing with the girls who are part of the Embrace Girls Foundation? Well, Ellen, the Embrace Girls Foundation is a nonprofit Florida-based charity. We're a 501c3 uh, established in 2001. So we've been in existence a little over 20 years serving the Broward and Dade County areas of Florida. The mission of our organization is to service little girls, primarily elementary age girls, in schools that are at risk. And so those schools might uh, might have a failing grade uh, based on the Florida Department of Education grading. And uh, we're commissioned to come in and serve a group of girls, which are primarily the 25 percent that are lowest achieving academically and bring those scores up. Because once we bring those academic scores up and bring the attendance up and bring the excitement about coming to school and being involved, the entire school grade goes up. And then that helps with the community and everything else. So what we provide is academic sessions, private tutoring sessions with each girl. We also provide social and life skills 
We have a very awesome cultural exposure division where we take them to the theater and we take them on field trips to the museum. And actually, just the Halloween night, we spent the night, well, on the 29th of October, we spent the night at the Museum of Science and Discovery. Uh. Yes, we spent the entire night roaming around the museum, having fun, you know, they had a STEM class. They got to play and on the rides. The museum actually had rides, interactive rides, and they got to interact with each other. So we had over 70 little girls in the museum and had a really great time. I feel like you're having as much fun as they are. I really am. You know what? This is certainly, Ellen, a passion for me. It is not a job. For me, it's just 24-7. I wake up, it's in my DNA. I think about it. I go to bed, you know, planning and thinking and getting excited about things that we can do or bring to them. And it is a gift. You know, I, I acknowledge that right now. It is it's truly a gift and it's a blessing. So it's not a job. We are here. My team understands that we are here to serve. Right. We are servants. And that's what we're proud of. And the way you talk about how you work with the girls and it brings up their grades and then brings up the grades of the school, there's such a domino effect because then it helps the entire community and it's going much farther beyond just a handful of girls. You're absolutely correct, Ellen. And more than when you talk about community, let me tell you what we're doing this week. On November 22nd, Monday through the 25th, Friday, we have what we're calling our, we're rolling out a week of giving. And so we're serving the least of these. We're not having a turkey drive where people drive up and get a turkey and whatever and go home. We are serving the homeless. So we have partnered with one of our fine partners and sponsors, the uh, team at Interiors by Stephen G. And we're going to be rolling out with, I think, four or five police agencies, the Miami-Dade Police, City of Miami Police, Miami Gardens Police, North Miami Beach Police, and I think I'm missing one. But I think there are four or five police agencies, and what, what we'll be doing is every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, we will be providing, they will come to our catering station or a restaurant that's partnered with us and pick up lunch for the homeless every single day. And in those lunch bags, there will also be personal protection items for masks and hand sanitizers and personal hygiene items, shoes, blankets, raincoats, basic things that people need who are on the streets and living. And so we did it that way because these people can't get to the major feeding places on Thanksgiving Day. They live in a nook, in a cranny, under the expressway, on a bus bench. So these police agencies, they know where these people live. They know where those homeless people and or families are. So they're picking up these items and rolling out, taking it to the street directly to them. And that's another thing that we're really proud of. So we branched off not just to serving the girls, their families, and the schools. We're also in the community serving. That that's is, important that for is, them to understand. That is so Wonderful. Will the girls be able to be part of this giving and see? Oh, yes. Listen, they've been packing socks and packing PPE kits. And yeah, they've been for three weeks. We've been working it and we got about 15 boxes all packed up and ready to go for the week. And what I like about the Thursday is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and Friday, we'll be providing lunches to go, like sandwiches or maybe a few hot sandwiches. But on Thursday, we are providing a full Thanksgiving meal. Mm. And, and yes, they will be with us at six o'clock in the morning plating and getting these meals ready for every one of those agencies to come in, pick up those meals and hit the street, roll out into the street and hand deliver these hot meals to 
our brothers and sisters on the street. That is just so wonderful. And a great lesson for the girls as well. Is there anything people can do to help you with this initiative? Is it too late? Can they still make donations, cash, food, anything? It is never too late to support a charity that you feel is doing great work in the community. You know, charity is a business. And that's the part that I hate about it. You know, you have to ask for money because you, you need it to sustain your work. Right. And, and that's the hardest thing for me. That's very hard for me. I think people, if they saw our website, if they followed us on any of our social media platforms, and even if they contacted us and said, I'd like a site visit, I want to come over and see what you do and meet these girls and, and meet the principals in our schools and learn really what we are doing. I feel that that will inspire a person to just say, I have to give. Absolutely. So when we, I, I, it, it's so hard for me to, you know, have that big campaign of asking for money, but we do need it. We do need it. And, and you can always donate. You can go to our website at embracegirlpower.org. That's embracegirlpower.org. Anytime and make a donation and any funds that you provide to us, they go to support all of these initiatives. And so, Everyone's support is needed to help us sustain the work that we continue to do. COVID hit us hard. We worked harder during COVID, obviously, than any time in the history of our service. And it was hard because we had to pivot. We had to actually change our whole format for two years and really go door to door almost, door to door providing meals for families, providing Uber rides for our parents that were working and really couldn't get to work and didn't have the money, you know, medical care. It it was, we went in a whole different mode. And so you never really know what's going to happen and where the need is going to be. So that's why, you know, supporting the organization is so important and sustained donations are important to us. So embracegirlpower.org. And what are the social media tags. Embrace Girl Power. Easy enough to remember. Listen. Yeah, and you know what? The social tags are also on our website. I'm not good with that social media stuff. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know how to like and send and all of that. Not a problem. We'll send everyone to the website because really that's what captured me was seeing the pictures of the girls at the afternoon teas that you host with famous people who come in and speak to them. Ellen, that's important because they learn social skills. You know, these girls come from low-income communities and, and many of the communities are high-crimed areas. And so when you enter their community, you wouldn't think that you will experience what you experience when you actually get into the school and see a girl. We are truly diamonds in the rough because when you see these girls in action, whether it's, you know, doing their homework or sitting for tea and being able to communicate, articulate their questions, follow up questions, dress so eloquently, speak so eloquently. That is training, and we're very proud of that. And so our girls go on. We have four girls on our staff that started with us in the second or third grade. They performed all of their community service hours with us, went away to college, and came back and are now working with the organization. I love it. I'm proud of that. Isn't that something? I can't wait until one of your girls is, like, running for office. (laughs) I believe that's going to happen. I believe it. I believe it. I do believe it. They are fierce. I believe it. I believe it. And you are a fierce example for them. So thank thank you. you. Again, it's EmbraceGirlPower.org. Velma Lawrence, what you are doing for our community is tremendous. Thank you so much. And happy Thanksgiving. Very same to you. Season's greetings. Enjoy. Stay safe. And I love, love, give. Amen. Amen. Well, that seems like the perfect way to end the program today. Please join us next week, same time, for a new edition of Community Focus. Thank you for listening. Have a great day and a great Thanksgiving coming up.